So how to begin? Um, how do I start? Do you start with previously on the day? Well, no, people? I think we need to explain before we start where we are. Okay, so I am sitting on... Well, okay, I was not going to say... I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was saying to you, I was saying to you, how do we start? Well, well, fair enough. Let's start like that. How do we start? And the listeners are like, well, you've started. Yeah, I don't know why I thought there was going to be a, a bombastic introduction. There never normally is. It normally just sort of peters into existence. That's an interesting term, petering into something, because he's normally petering out. Yeah. But I think we peter in. We just, we just, everyone's like, well, who's Peter? I thought you were meant to be isolating and you're inviting all these people in. We are in a very interesting scenario here because Ellie and I have been isolating for the last week or more because we've both now come down with COVID. Because of that, we are recording in separate rooms. I am recording in the usual room where I am. I'm recording in my studio room. And Ellie is, uh, you're at the other side of this door. Yeah. Hello. I'm on the landing. And we have a very long... Cable. ...mic cable and headphone cable protruding through the door. It probably won't make much of a difference for the listeners, but I'm finding it quite exciting. It kind of feels like the equivalent of like when you're a kid and you have a sleepover, or that you were allowed to camp in the garden, because we've not had any contact at all. So we've for not... For ten days? We've not, we've not yeah. touched each other for no. ten days, which is... No hugs. ...very difficult for the podcast, because we normally have a whole touching ceremony before we start the podcast, but uh, we can't do that. It's going to sound a little bit different uh, for those reasons. Also, we've got our windows open as well to allow circulation of air. So I will rest assured, though, that... I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Rest assured that I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and we'll just have to crack on through it because I don't know how long I've got till I'm really weak again. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, we've really whipped the crowd up into a frenzy there, Ellie. <laughs> Previously on the David Eagle podcast. Something hilarious. Drama. Romanians. We've had Tim Westwood. Yeah. There's a joke. And you build. I'll give you some end-to-end encryption, my dear. I am receiving over. The Jesus moment. Just me, you, and the baboon. Ratted bonkers. Do lally, let me tell you. Or stone the crows. Oh, looks a lord. Oh, for goodness sake. Welcome to the podcast presented by a man described by listener Lucy as naturally hilarious. It's the David Eagle Podcast. Now give me the microphone, baby. Know <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying? We're ready. I'm in now. I feel I'm like that's saying. kind of, it feels like normality. <laughs> well, one thing that we've had to put on hold is herbal tea of the week. Because, we, well, we did do Herbal Tea of the Week last week, but it was just a case of, oh, we can't smell anything. Tasting. <laughs> My smell has depleted quite a bit as well. Now, the good thing, obviously, is the whole stereotype of being blind. I've got extra sense of smell anywhere. Probably I could still smell better than the, the sighted people because my senses are normally heightened. Mm. But I have lost some of my smelling ability. I no longer can smell nuance. Ornly, that's left me as well. Uh, well, And irony. This morning I could smell coffee a little bit again. Yes, I think I could smell the coffee as well. It wasn't like as strong as it normally was. And what's weird about that? I woke up and smelt the coffee. You did. I've lost a lot of my taste, but I've still got a taste of bitterness about me. (laughs) (laughs) How very apt. Yeah. Well, we have stories of journeys, Ellie, on this week's podcast. And also, you'll be pleased to hear, because you're a bit short of breath still yeah. at the moment, I have recorded an interview. Ooh. I recorded an interview with a good friend of mine, the comedian and taxi driver, Ooh. Trevor Bickles. And I thought, who better to tell us stories about journeys? Because if you like our journey stories on the podcast, our harrowing journeys to and from stand-up gigs, surreal journeys, I thought, who better to tell some stories of journeys than a taxi driver? Yeah. And so we have taxi driver and comedian Trevor Bickles, and he's got three stories for us under the following categories. Funny, scary, and then he ends with a celebrity anecdote. Ooh. I mean, he has to. It's, you know, it's, if you're a taxi driver, you've got to win with, you'll never guess who I had the back of my yeah. cab. Well, we've got it. He's got a great one. So they're gonna, we're going to intersperse those throughout the podcast. Now, we're not going to be doing Herbal Tea of the Week, as we say, because no. we haven't got any smell or taste, really. But we do have, I believe, Ellie, a follow-up in Spammer Time. We do. So last time, Spammer Time was you getting contact 
contacted by a company called Smooth My Balls. Yeah. Now, it was my birthday yesterday, Ali. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed. It was nice, the presents that you got me, but uh, I was a little bit disappointed that I didn't get a gift from Smooth My Balls, the testicle sharing company. <laughs> well, you say that, and oh. I did I did think about it, and I did look into it. Ah. And I thought, well, let's have a little look at some customer reviews. Ah. We did customer reviews last time, though. But they were the yeah, customer yeah, reviews. Yeah, they were the ones that they'd listed on their own Instagram. <laughs> okay. So is this the is this what spammer so, time is this week? Yeah, spammer time this week is why you've not got okay. a smooth my balls turf chopper. We shall do that then in spammer time for people who think we need more of this chat. Don't worry we shall go to the balls on <laughs> spammer time this week. <laughs> also, cassette roulette. I put my big box of cassettes in one room we then left it for three days <laughs> Ellie then put her hand in the big box, threw the cassette up the stairs, we left it for another three days <laughs> and now I can reveal to you Ellie yeah. what is on that cassette. This cassette here yeah. in cassette roulette. We'll find out what's on the cassette and uh, I don't know, I'll have some anecdotes and various other bits. Exactly, do some stuff. Exactly. So you've got a lot to look forward to, listeners, on this week's <laughs> episode of the David Eagle podcast with me, David Eagle. And me, Ellie Skinner. <laughs> Giggling away at me saying my is, name in an exhausted fashion. I said I can't smell ornwe, but I don't need to smell it. You can hear it <laughs> seeping through the headphones. And I'd like to dedicate this week's The David Eagle Podcast to the last gig that I did, which you didn't talk about. The last mm. gig I did before it all went horribly wrong and I had to stay in and cancel everything because of COVID. I thought I knew my way onto the stage. I thought it was obvious. But I was introduced onto the stage and then I walk out... And I realise that there's no steps there. There must have been some steps to the side. And I think, ah, well, it's absolutely fine. I can just jump onto the stage. It didn't seem like it was that far up. I thought I could, if I just take a bit of a run up, jump onto the stage, it'll be absolutely fine. I had my accordion on, but, you know, it's a bit of a weight, but I thought that's not going to encumber me. I'm ready to do this. So I take a bit of a run up, jump onto the stage, and then there's a split second where I think, yeah, I've made this absolutely fine. And it would have been absolutely fine had it not been for the fact that there there was like a, a roof up. Ooh. I cleared it absolutely fine. The jump was fine, and, but it would have been better if the jump hadn't cleared it because what actually happened was I smacked my head off the stage. So this is how the gig starts. And the thing is as well is you can't just go on when you've done something like that. Bearing in mind I've been introduced onto the stage and then I've just done a run and a jump, clattered my head <laughs> onto the stage. You can't just go on and then you've got to change your set. You can't just go on and sort of do a flight of whimsy or something. No. You can't just go, ah, hello everybody, here's a little song about a goat or, or whatever. <laughs> you know, you have to address this now. I mean, I have to mention something. I've just been introduced onto the stage. I come on with an accordion. The audience are clapping and whooping. I jump with an accordion onto the stage, clatter my head off the roof, fall off the stage. <laughs> the whoops have now turned to gasps of horror. I can't just go up onto the stage and go, Oh, right, I'd like to start off with a few jokes about our political situation. <laughs> and so that's the weird thing. And like, Things have happened like this before where I've like I've gone onto the stage and then walked off the stage and fallen off. And then the, the rest of the gig, or the, certainly the first few minutes of the gig, has to be talking about the fact that I'm blind and that kind of thing. If you're blind, you have to talk about it because often my entrance onto the stage will mean that I'll have to suddenly change my set. Yeah. And I'll have to be like, right, I now need to talk about why I've just done that. I mean, fortunately, the audience organiser of the gig, the MC, had mentioned that I was blind before I came on, so at least the audience didn't think this was some weird, crazy stunt that I had just done, where I'd deliberately gone onto the stage and smacked my head off the, other, <laughs> off the roof. The reason the MC had mentioned that I was blind was because there was someone in the audience waving their arms around while the MC was talking, and the, the MC said, what are you doing? He says, he looks like you're signing the gig. And then the, the, the girl said, oh yeah, I'm signing everything for my friend. So that was absolutely <laughs> brilliant that there was someone in the audience who was deaf who couldn't hear what was being said, but their friend was, like, signing everything. That's and cool. 
Nice, isn't it? Brilliant. It must be quite difficult for comedy, though, because obviously the, the secret of comedy being timing, so she would have to be pretty quick to sign everything. Anyway, so then he obviously said, oh, well, it's quite interesting that you're signing to your deaf friend there because the guy who was about to come on is blind. So at <laughs> least, which again also meant that I had to change my set. Yeah. Because I was planning on doing stuff that relied on the audience not being fully sure whether I was blind at the start. So now I'm going, right, and it changed the set a little bit. He said as well, do you want me to mention that you're blind before you go on? I said, oh, no, don't worry about that. But obviously because of this deaf thing, he'd obviously gone, oh, I'll mention the blindness. Yeah. So now I'm like, right, I've got to change what I was planning on talking about. So I had to like, I had five seconds to think about that. And then I cracked my head off the stage. <laughs> and now I'm thinking, right, well, I need to change the set again. I'm partly thinking that another part of me is concussed. <laughs> so I walk onto the stage and I played about a 10 second little riff on the accordion and said, good luck signing that. <laughs> I don't know whether she did try to sign the accordion movements. Uh, so I'm dedicating the podcast today to the person who was doing the signing and also to the deaf person who was, had the signing done to them. Who won't um, be able to hear the podcast. But they might be getting it signed. I don't know. I'd forgotten that that's where we started this story with you dedicating the podcast to oh, someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sort of saying, I wonder, are there any jokes that any of us have done tonight where you've just thought, now nah, that's shit, I'm not even going to bother signing that. <laughs> she said, no, no, I sign everything. I've seen a thing before where particularly like in the UN I think when the translators are translating between one person doing a speech and they often say the German speakers will speak for ages and the French or Spanish mm. people will be looking at their translators going are you going to do this and they're just like I'm just waiting for a verb because there isn't one in German for quite some time and then sometimes there's been like Japanese business people and their translators have gone our hosts have made a very funny joke you should laugh now <laughs> rather than actually translating the joke for them <laughs> But well, that's in a business setting, so... The signer of... I don't think the person signing this podcast has to worry about no. doing that. <laughs> David Eagle's made a very funny joke. Have we had any interaction from the listeners we, this week, We Ellie? have a bit. We've had... You've had a few birthday messages on Instagram, oh, including... Oh, what. Before you say this, one thing, as you know, I absolutely hate is when... Because <laughs> it happens every, every single time. year. There's obviously everyone's writing happy birthday. I've got quite a few international friends because I'm right on and walk because yeah. obviously I've met them at uh, folk festivals in the Netherlands or Germany or Poland or whatever a lot of them have very long names yeah. and so Ellie bravely tries <laughs> to read the names bear in mind she's a bit short of breath as well at the moment sometimes oh. she has to it takes her six breaths to get one of the names out so she does this big <laughs> long name and then she says it says happy birthday <laughs> the, the happy birthday message takes two seconds the name takes 20 seconds to do the ones, though, that really get to me, it's very nice that people leave birthday it's messages. Lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah. But the one I, ones I hate are when people write something like, Hippie Birdie. Oh, the worst one, mm. nappy burp day. There's always <laughs> some bloke who writes it. It's always the same one. Nappy burp day. Nappy, nappy burp, burp day. day. Absolutely hate it. Yeah. And so that person, I will, I'm going to, to be honest, I always just swear at them. I you always do. Just, I nearly I tell recorded, them to F off. as I was reading them, I should have recorded it because you know that every so often there's just going to be an, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I tried to keep it clean there. I thought, Sorry. oh, are we going to be, well, actually, no. You can cut no, me out. No, no, it's fine because I realised Trevor swears in one of his stories. No, right, well, so that's absolutely so fine. So you've um, also got some other messages. Lucy says, thanks for the shout-out. Cheered me up. She's got COVID too. Oh, Lucy. Sad face. Uh, she will miss Herbal Tea of the Week. She enjoys that feature even though she hates tea. She does that's... like potatoes and smoothies. That's very interesting that uh, there's a couple of people who've said, I don't really like tea, but I like Herbal Tea of the Week. Yeah. Which I suppose is testament to how compelling we make such a feature that people who don't even like tea enjoy listening to us reviewing teas. Yeah. Uh, Lucy, you've had another shout-out, of course, because Lucy is the person who says that I'm naturally hilarious. That was before listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, we've also got... And that was before she had COVID. That was before she lost a sense of taste. And also we've got a message from Hoogley from Tea saying happy birthday it's my birthday too today 
Oh. So, Tina's your birthday twin. Oh, I wonder about I wonder Twinnings. That's a different company, isn't it? Yeah, it's not uh, advertised them. Yeah. I wonder if she does a birthday cake tea. Well, we do have a birthday cake tea from Birdhouse, so... Mm. Well, I mean, that's some reward for <laughs> Tina from Hoogly there. Okay. Uh, now, Ellie. Yeah. That was me thinking, by the way, of oh, okay. what to do. Just, just in case the sign person's going, what the how am I going to do this? Fortunately, my deaf friend is quite into Bill and Ben, so I could just sort of do what I normally do for that. Recap some of that. <laughs> it would be quite odd signing, uh, signing Bill and Ben. Flobble, lobble, 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 lobble. <laughs> oh, they haven't got any. I don't, how do I do the sign language for flobble, lob? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the name of the uh, the episode? How yeah. do I sign Flobalob? I was thinking, how do, you, how do I sign Flobalob? Could be a good name for the podcast. <laughs> I wonder if it's I wonder if it's anywhere similar to Flobadam. Um, Flobadam Milosevic. That's Slobadam, mate. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah of course it is. <laughs> oh, no. Slobadam. <laughs> Well, that weird, weird crossover <laughs> episode of Bill and Ben where <laughs> <laughs> ruthless dictator. Where Bill is and he a dictator? Ben. I can't remember. Who. I think he was. Yeah, isn't he? <laughs> yeah he's a dictator. Russian dictator. He was either that or. A Hang on, look up Slobberdam. Look up Slobberdam. Oh god, the sign language person's oh, going. Oh bloody hell! Because I can't. Look, give it. I'm um, yeah. Have a look up Slobberdam Yugoslav and Serbian. Yugoslavia. Oh God, there's so many difficult words. Yugoslavian Slavia. Oh, oh my God. Dictator. Was he a dictator? He was a dictator, wasn't he? Yeah, he was president. I don't know if he, he was, was a, a goodie. He was not connected to the Bosnian genocide case by the International Court of Justice, but they had violated the genocide convention. According to Wikipedia, oh. Bosnia and Herzegovina v oh, Serbia God. and Montenegro, 2007. We've been heckled by Google. Decided by the International Court of Justice. Yeah, he was on trial at the Hague. Okay. So that's not good, is it? So yeah, he was indicted on charges of genocide, complicity with genocide, deportation, murder, persecutions. You're listening Gen- to. The- <laughs> Now, some people oh, may have, may, some people may have just switched off for a little bit, like sort of just oh. sort of gone into another room, come back. Go, what have I missed? What Bill and Ben? <laughs> Bill and Ben was tried at the, which one? Bill or Ben was tried at the Hague? Uh, I think it was a little weed. Right. Anyway, uh, what, were we, uh, what I was trying, what I was planning on saying is, let's go to our first little chats out of three with Trevor Bickles. Now, you weren't present for this, Ellie, because no. you were still in bed or on the sofa. On the sofa. Because I've been upstairs. That was the slight problem, because I came down with COVID first. It meant that I got the double bed, yeah. and then you had to be downstairs, and then I recovered and you got COVID. But by that point, we thought, well, best well, stick into no our rooms. swapping the things over. Also, I've got the bigger telly downstairs. So anyway, so because of that, you weren't present for this interview. But I had a lovely chat with Trevor Bickles, as you're about to hear right now. He's a comedian, he's a taxi driver, and he's going to be telling us some journey stories. Trevor Bickles. Are you double jabbed? Uh, single jabbed. Oh, yeah, same as me then. What one did you have? you got to ask that uh, question. Pfizer. Yeah. I had the Moderna. And everyone kind of goes, ooh. Yeah, yeah. everyone get... does that. Exactly. Because it's, an, goes, it's a rare you said, one. Like, if AstraZeneca or Pfizer, everyone goes, oh, OK. And I go, Moderna, everyone's like, ooh. Oh, yeah. I've never and met anyone that's had a Moderna. Did you get any side effects? No, I didn't get anything at all. I felt absolutely fine. Um, yeah. I did I did a gig afterwards and felt absolutely fine. I mean, obviously, I mean, like on the night, I didn't just do it in the rock up in the ward. Hey, God, <laughs> I feel fine, mate. <laughs> I didn't realise you had a podcast as well. No, oh, many people don't. Uh, <laughs> what I should do is record. I mean, I am recording, but I mean, record on Zoom as well. Recording in progress. Oh, we got, got an American tells us that we're recording oh, in hello. progress now. It doesn't didn't used to happen that. But I quite like that. It makes it seem a lot more official. <laughs> one of the things I've been doing on the podcast is recounting my various harrowing journeys that I've had to and from stand-up gigs, of which there are many to tell. Primarily because obviously being blind, all sorts of weird things can happen on the way. I get lost. I meet odd people you know so that's just before the gig even starts you know there, we, as we know there are plenty of odd people at our actual gigs that we come into contact with i mean the gig that we did together last time in fact that one i was telling the story last week about the uh, the dog incident where there wasn't a dog but i thought there was a dog i don't know if you were i assume i think you were around for that where i just abandoned the story that i was telling and just went oh there's a dog here is there just yeah. 
Yeah, you started talking about a dog, I and mean, everyone was like, what dog? Yeah, exactly. And I thought, quick as a flash, I was like, oh, a dog has entered the room, David, abandon the story, we're on dog material now. <laughs> You're going to riff on the dog for a little bit, then that'll seamlessly link into your dog anecdotes, your dog jokes, your dog puns. It's going to be great. And then at the end, you know, when the audience have enjoyed that bit of bonhomie, that bit of spontaneity, all based on the fact that the dog has entered the room, you go back to your original story, finish them off in style. Um, <laughs> but what actually happened was, I stopped and went, oh, we got a dog in, have we? And everyone just fell silent. <laughs> even yeah. the even the heckler fell silent at that point. <laughs> yeah, it was like, what dog? Where's the dog? What are we talking about? <laughs> I think it, where you thought there was a dog there and it wasn't at all. It was actually kind of amusing in a way, but a bit <laughs> co- kind of confusing at the same time. You're a bit like, well, I miss Sunny there. Definitely want to get that in a review. Kind of amusing in a way. One of your quotes for your posters. Kind of amusing in a way. In a way, yeah. Put the in a way in brackets. (laughs) Or dot, dot, dot in a way. Like, it's not, I've even had to take the in a way from somewhere else. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) I started telling stories of journeys and I realised every week there was a journey story to tell. And so with that in mind, I thought, well, other comedians, even not being blind, they're still going to have journeys to impart to and from stand-up gigs. But then I thought, Trevor Bickles, not only is he a comedian, Medium, but he's also a taxi driver and so I thought you must have plenty of journeys definitely the taxi driving more than the comedy mm. I've got three ready oh three. my goodness excellent they're not long they're not no, long don't worry story. about that if listeners to the podcast you've got you could tell you've not listened before we don't mind length <laughs> <laughs> in fact, that's our vetting thing for our listeners anyway continue right, <laughs> right. yeah so yeah I could let me know when you're ready and I could tell you I'll tell oh, you the stories I'm, I'm ready Right, so shall I start then? Shall I tell you the story? <laughs> yes. Right. I don't know right. what you've done on other podcasts. Is, is there normally like a fanfare, like a jingle? No, no, uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I, I usually have, have. Did you not get my fanfare music, David? My <laughs> theme music. I didn't realise you actually was doing the podcast at the minute. Oh, you thought <laughs> this sounds far too loose and haphazard for it to be I was like, a podcast. Started, I'll, just, I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going. Right, okay, no. right, right, we've got three. We've, we've got a funny... We've got a scary and we've got a celebrity, right? Ooh. You, Dave, what one do you want to pick first? And I'll do it for you. Why don't we go for scary first, follow right. it up with funny, and then right at the end, tease people with the celebrity. Good one. Right, so it's so scary first. Right, okay. So just for you listeners, I'm a London black cab driver as well. Okay, so obviously I'm based in and around London. So what I'll do is when I talk about areas, I'll describe them slightly because if you don't know the area. Now, I was quite early in my taxi driving career and you've got like, you're called what's called a butter boy when you're new. It's basically you're new out, you're fresh, and that's the nickname you're given. Now, they always teach you if they look too drunk, don't pick them up. I'm driving along down this road and I see a guy hail me in the distance. And I thought, he doesn't look that bad, if I'm honest with you. So I pull over, well, he's flung the door open and he's fallen into the cab. Right? Yeah. I'm like, oh no, oh no, I can't get him out now. I can't get him out. So I'm like, where are you going, mate? Now, I'm in Holland Park, which is what the best way to describe it is quite an affluent, quite rich West London area. And he's asked for a housing estate on London in London Fields, which is what I'd consider a slightly rough, poor area in the east. Two totally polar opposites, which felt a bit weird. We're driving along in the cab. Now, he's just like going, he's going to be sick. All of a sudden, he goes, I, I have to put the accent on, right? He goes, my friend, I have no money. So I'm like, look. Uh... Yeah, I thought, here we go. So I said, look, mate, I need to get the money. I'm going to have to take you back to where you're from. Now, he, I, I, he had kind of an Eastern European sort of accent. <laughs> when you said you have to take it back from where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, bloody hell, that's going to be a taxi fare, man. I mean. <laughs> a bit of casual racism there in the cab <laughs> 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 Typical cab drivers. You know what I mean. I'm going to take you back to where I pick you, for, pick you up. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be crossing the channel and all sorts here, man. <laughs> so we're driving along, right? And he, he gets on the phone, and I think it's to his wife. But it's in kind of a broken English kind of accent. So it's kind mm. of like, money, taxi. So I could tell there's a conversation going on, right? Yeah. I am putting my foot down through London. Right to get to him because I'm thinking I do not want to be near this geezer. I, I want this geezer out of my cab as quick as we yeah. can. So you are actually driving him in the right direction now. Just thinking, oh, forget the money, almost just bloody get him out of the cab. 
Kind of, yeah. It yeah. was just like, just get him there because he looks like he's going to throw up. He says he hasn't got any money, but he can get it at the end. So at the end of the phone call, he says, I can give it to you at the end. So we're flying through London. Imagine when you're drunk and your head's sort of down between your legs. Someone pulls out in front of me. I've had to hit my brakes, right? He is, all I hear is this... <laughs> He's flown across the back seat into the into the partition in the cab, right? <laughs> so he's now laying on the floor. So I'm now sort of leaning around the back going, mate, get yourself up, get yourself up, you're all right. And he sort of clambers onto the seat. So we're flying from London. We get to this housing estate in East London. Now, it's the best way to describe it. Imagine three sort of tall, dark, sort of council estate tower block sort of area. A little bit rough around the edges. And I'm like, where do you live, mate? And he's like, let me out here. So I'm not letting you out until he, because obviously as soon as he walks into the flat, I'm not getting my money. Yeah. And then in the middle of the street was this woman. Just, there was not a soul about just this woman, middle of the street. So I pull up to her and I go, do you know him? She's like, yes, yeah, my husband. She said, how much do I owe you? She was lovely. She paid the money. And I said, look, mm. and this bit here saved my life, right? Because I said to him, I'm not getting out of the cab. You've got to go and get him. So she's gone around to the cab, opened the door. And as the guy's getting out, he said to him, I need to speak to the taxi driver. So I've gone, all right, mate, you're all right. And all of a sudden, he, he loses his temper and starts punching the inside of the cab, almost screaming like, ah! Like, sort of like Hulk, like he's gone like the Hulk, right? The partition Ooh. in the middle of the cab, he's punching it repeatedly, screaming. And, and like, obviously, the, the woman's stood back in amazement. I've got, stood back in fear, thinking, what, the guys are trying to attack me, basically. Thankfully, I looked down and his feet were on the pavement while he was leaning in. So I've hit the accelerator on the cab. What happens is in a black cab, if the door's open, there's a sensor. So all you get is this loud beep as you're driving along. So we've got that going on. And I'm looking in the distance. And the best way I can describe it, it was like a fat, overweight Terminator trying to chase me down the road. Wow. It was it was legging it after me. So I've sped around the corner. It's a leap out of the cab, dent in the door, slammed the door shut. And I was bricking it. I won't lie, because I was in this estate. Middle of the note, like dodgy housing estate in East London. Yeah, that was just, that was probably the scariest story that ever happened to me. Yeah, he just, he just went from being this kind of quiet sort of guy looking down, looking like he was about to be sick, to literally losing it. Absolutely losing it. Now, what I do over night time, when I drive around in the cab, from about sort of 11 o'clock onwards, I lock my door and I pull up to them and I look at them first. Because, you know, even though it's our job to serve the public, there's a line, you know, between our safety as well. Yeah. If they're too, if they're too drunk, if they're too drunk, it's just not worth the hassle. Because imagine if it's, if it's a female as well. It's a, for, for a black mm. girl, a guy, a, a bloke, it's a nightmare. There have been times where I have been, I have probably been a little bit drunk, or maybe I've not drunk at all, but because taxi drivers are used to people being drunk, if I've been out and I've not had my cane, because sometimes I might not be making eye contact or something like that, oh, they've yeah, thought yeah. that I am drunk. And then, like, there's a couple of times where, like, somebody's like, oh, no, we can't take him. He's too drunk. And then I... <laughs> and I try... Well, that's it. They say that, but then sometimes they think that's just a, a, a joke or something. And then there's other times where I've had maybe like a couple of pints, so I'm feeling a little bit loquacious, a bit loose, and therefore I try and prove to the taxi driver that I'm not drunk by like doing a tongue twister or a... But then, to be honest, again, that probably just makes me more drunk. Drunk am I? Around the ragged rocks, the ragged rascal ran, my friend. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle pepper. Where's the pepper? Peter Piper picked pickle. I can't do it now. Ironically... If you can recite that, I'll go get in. Ironically... I, know, I can just recite, recite it better when I am pickled. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's... I think, as, as a cabbie, though, right, obviously, you develop like a bit of a sixth sense. Yeah. Where, where you do the job long enough. You, and I've always worked in kind of a nighttime industry as well. I used to be a chef and a barman. So you kind of get a bit of a sixth sense of a pisshead, basically. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I had to swear. Of a drunk, I should say. Oh, you... <laughs> again, I can, t- I can tell you not listening to this podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Tourette's disease. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason I kept my fiance Ellie from you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so not at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Two more stories from Trevor Bickles to come. Comedian and taxi driver. Where should we head next, Ellie? Do you want to hear a little bit about why you've not got a ball trimmer? Why have I not got a ball trimmer? It is, of course, our feature. <laughs> Time. So I was looking at maybe getting one for your birthday because we know how popular the bot hoover was for a previous gift. And I thought, well, let's have a quick look at the reviews that are put by the public rather than ones they've promoted themselves. So I went on... The to- general pubic. 
Yeah. <laughs> I went on to Trustpilot. They've got 135 reviews by members of the public. One star, 59% of the oh. reviews. So let's start off with a oh five star. Oh, my God. Is there any point doing five stars? Uh, yeah, and I'll, okay. uh, yeah, I think you'll see why. So Molly Freestone, Molly, yeah, bought this fab product for my fiance. Although we ended up returning it, I bought the wrong one. The customer service was absolutely phenomenal. Super quick responses, amazingly helpful, and all around amazing. If and when my fiance's current trimmer dies, I'll definitely be repurchasing. Such a fab experience. Ten out of ten. So, Hold on. So she hasn't <coughs> even used the product. Nope. You can't give it a five star then. You're not, you're not rating the product. You're rating the experience of them allowing you to take it back. Yep. Okay. Whereas two days ago, Caleb wrote one star, numerous lacerations and disgraceful oh. customer service. I've received... M- I have to say, getting numerous lacerations is terrible customer service. <laughs> he says, I've received mu- multiple lacerations with the original trimmer, replacement blade and replacement trimmer. The company is willing to send out as many replacements as you would like. However, refuses to honour their original return policy where they cover return postage, as was their policy on my original purchase date. Benji, one star. This cut me on its first touch. Ooh. It's cheap, it's extremely loud, and it cuts. The adverts lie. The folk all doing reviews on YouTube for clout are lying. It's a bad product. I emailed them on the first try with cutting and got an email back saying they would reply with no email over a month. Tom Green. Oh, number oh he, wasn't one... green. he wasn't green before the, uh, the incident. <laughs> <laughs> one star. These do absolutely make you bleed. Ignore the terrific mm. marketing ploy. It's cut my shaft, balls, and even legs. It makes an absolute <laughs> mess of the ball sack. Dear God. Oh. Really good on battery, though. <laughs> what? Well, when something is lacerating your testicles, you don't go, hey, but in fairness, it can lacerate my testicles for hours without having to replace the battery. John says, one star, absolutely terrible, blood everywhere, terrified to use again, do not buy. Mr. Daniel Jones just writes, bloodbath, one star. Ben Tomlin is going to be the last comment on this. Avoid at all costs if you value your balls. (laughs) I've just found another one. (laughs) William Cortis, one star. Absolutely. Oh, I, t- I think w- Willie, Willie Court. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Court is quite apt here. Absolutely terrible. Wouldn't let my worst enemy shave their balls with it. Constantly snagging on hair. Battery doesn't last long enough for one oh, cut. His battery doesn't even no. last. Oh, because at least the other guy was getting la- good battery value. I am so glad. I'm sorry, I found another the, one. Well, I have to say, though, Ellie, my birthday was already a bit shit, bearing in mind that we couldn't spend any time together. The but fact if I'd given you that. If you'd have given me that as a special present and I lacerated my testicles. <laughs> sorry, I found another one. Uh, Rob says, cuts you more than running a grater down your privates. <laughs> I wonder if he's tried that. That's how he used to do it. Oh, dear. Oh. So that's why you got a shirt for your birthday, mate. On a completely unrelated note, let's head back to Trevor Bickles for his second journey story from the comedian and taxi driver, Trevor Bickles. We're back with Trevor Bickles. Thank you, thank you, David. (laughs) You've deserved a fanfare this time. This time we're on to his second story, his funny taxi driver story, I believe. I mean, it puts a lot more pressure on when you describe something in advance as funny, really, doesn't it? In a way that scary doesn't. It (laughs) does, that's very true. I've put a lot of pressure on myself in this one, but... Most it, people I've told this to have found it hilarious. Like, okay. So I'm under a lot of pressure in that, right? It's like when um, MCs build you up at a gig and they'll go, oh, this guy is really good. He's a good oh, friend yeah. of mine. He's funny. He never fails to make the audience laugh. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, you're going to love his <laughs> anecdotes about spinach. I'm, going, I'm, got, I'm done. You're thinking of another comedian. Yeah, you'll anyway. love the fact that he thinks there's dogs in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> take it away. Right, it's a nighttime story again, and it involves a drunk. I'm driving through an area called Liverpool Street. It's in the east. It's what we'd consider like the square mile, the business area of London. A uh, gentleman raises his hands, hails me, and I'll do the accent again. It's very similar because I'm not very good at accents. So gets and goes, my friend, take me to Canary Wharf. Okay, not a problem. I said, whereabouts do you want to go in Canary Wharf? He says, I'll get you the address, right? Says so on the phone. Now, he's on the phone, right, and he's talking to this girl, and he's going, Tanya, Tanya, baby, 
Tanya, baby, please, I want to see you. Oh, Tanya, I love you. Please, baby. I'm so sorry, Tanya. And he keeps saying sorry. Tanya, I am so, so sorry. Tanya, I'm sorry, I want to see you, right? So, but I'm thinking like he's not giving me an address here, you know. So I'm still just aiming for the area of Canary Wharf, which is out in the Docklands area, which is probably about a 20-minute drive away. So we're driving along, and all of a sudden he just goes, My friend, stop the car. Turn it around. Turn it around. I need to go back to East London. I went, Are you sure? She's like, she's not giving me the address. I'm going back to East London. So I said, okay, no problem. So I thought I'll just take him back to where I picked him up. Right. So I'm driving back. Oh God. And all of a sudden he goes on the phone again. And it goes a little bit quiet. And he goes, and he's shouting this address at me, shouting, 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 shouting this address. I'm like, I know it. I know it. Don't worry. I'll get you there. Right. So I spin the cab around again. So they're driving down there. Right. And he's on, he's on the phone to her. Right. So he's like, oh, baby, Tanya, baby, I can't wait to see you. Tanya, I love you. Tanya, I, oh my God, Tanya, you're so amazing. I love you. Right. So this goes on for a little bit. Now, I'll describe the Blunden Black Cabs people if you've never been in one. I'm sure some of you have. He was on the flip down seat with his back to me by the payment hole, if that makes sense. So, so he's not face. He's kind of, if I look over my left shoulder, I can see him. He's on that seat. Mm. There's a reason for us to hear that. So we're driving along and it goes a little bit quiet. And he puts his phone where the money tray is. And then he's like, oh, my friend, I'm so glad. I'm so glad she's seeing me. I can't wait to see her. And I'm like, do you know what, mate? You know, like, so I'm playing it down a bit. And I'm like, you know, I'm so pleased for you. Obviously, you really like this girl, you know. And he went, do you want the truth? I went, go on in. He went, I just want to fuck her. Right. So, so I'm like, what? He's like, I just want to fuck this girl. I want to go back to Hungary in two days. I just want to fuck her and go. Right. So I'm laughing. Right. I'm laughing my head off. What this, I think right? is really funny as well is that when you said, oh, there been the last story, oh, the he was a bit pissed up. Oh, sorry if I'm not allowed to swear. <laughs> I'd love to know how you got past this. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, yeah. I've been bleeping myself out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway. So we so, so drive along. I just I just want to fuck her. I just want to fuck this girl, right? Mm. So I'm laughing my head off, right? <laughs> anyway, it goes quiet again and he picks up his phone. Oh, no. And he goes, no, I did not say that. Oh, no. No, that was not me. No, that was the taxi driver talking. He'd left the phone on the whole oh, damn line to this girl, gosh. right? And you could hear this girl shouting down this phone. Going, oh. And he's like, no, baby, baby, I love you. I want to see you, right? So now he has got to try and convince this girl. That he, oh. like, you know what I mean? He is fucked up big time, right? But not and in the way that he wanted to be. Not in the way he wanted, right? So I am, I've now got to the destination, right? I'm there, right? Yeah. And he's, and he's hung up. And I'm like, what? And he's like, my friend, I don't know what to do. So I'm like turning into like a counsellor. I was like, my friend, you need to, you need to go in there. There's like a little shop next door, right? I said, go and buy us something. Buy us some shop, buy some flowers or chocolate. Go and get something. You need to go in there. You need to butter up. And he's like, you think so? I'm like, I'm thinking now, I'm never going to get this geezer out of the cab, right? Yeah. I'm going to be driving around in circles. So, so I said, look, are you going to purchase? Yeah, I pay you, I pay you, I go, I go. So I said, he goes, you reckon it'll be okay? I said, mate, you go up there, you tell her you love her. He said, I, I do that, right? And I just sped off. Mm -hmm. So to this day, I never knew if he'd shagged her or not. Ah, uh, if you're listening, my friends, I don't think we've got any listeners in Hungary, but <laughs> but I don't know. He might. I mean, the thing is, though, he might have stayed. He might have stayed. He might have not gone back to Hungary. He might have yeah. been in love. Who that knows? Was, that well, is brilliant. That moment where he realizes it. It was just that moment when I see him being Mr. Big Man to him picking up that phone. Yeah. And realizing he'd left the phone on the whole time. Right, yeah. it was brilliant to see his face drop. Hilarious. <laughs> we have one final story from Trevor Bickles to come, and it is his celebrity journey story. But before we do that, put your hand in my big box, pull out a cassette. We have no idea right now what's on it yet, but then we press play, we'll hear what we get. It's time to play a game we call Cassette Roulette. So I think we're in about uh, 99, maybe 2000 again, Ellie. And we have some clips from the radio. Uh, this actually dates it as to when it is, so it will actually help us date as to when it is. But it's, it's hard to imagine a time. Now we just think of like these reality TV shows as kind of ubiquitous. But this was just sort of pre that time, I suppose. So it's really odd to hear someone talk about X Factor as if like it's a completely new concept. I mean, I don't know what we did in this business. I was in the business, but I can't remember. What the hell did we talk about before these trashy TV shows? The, these pop star, pop idol, Big Brother. What do uh, we talk about? Christa Berg. I don't know. 
serious world issues, obviously, but uh, these days that is all there is to talk about. And there's a new development on this this new one where they're making the boy band and they're making the girl band, the one that Jerry's the judge on. Mm-hmm. And Vina and this uh, Welsh guy who is um, in charge of Westlife and also Pete Waterman. Welsh guy? Walsh, his oh, name Walsh. is. Oh, Walsh. Where's yeah. that? Where's Walls? No, 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 no. His name is Walsh. Oh, he's right. <laughs> I thought he was, he was, like, from Walsh. No, he's Louis Walsh. And right. he's in charge of Westlife. Okay. And he's on the panel. Okay. Okay, right. So, maybe that's why he's getting confused, because of panels and walls. But, uh, it's weird, because, like, Louis Walsh is just, like, ubiquitous. I don't watch X Factor or anything like that, but he's ubiquitous. It's quite odd having, like, a, a time where the name Louis Walsh was completely unknown. Yeah, yeah. it's weird, isn't it? So, I'm assuming that programme was... Was that X Factor, <clears throat> then, where they did that? Uh, that sounds like pop stars the rivals, if they're ah, building yeah. a boy band and a girl band. That's right, yeah. Because the first one was pop stars, and that didn't have... Louis, that was Nasty Nigel and... Nasty Nigel? Farage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Who's Nasty Nigel? Nikki. Who's Nasty Nigel? He was... Because um, oh, Simon Cowell wasn't involved in the first ones. Okay. Um, Who's Nasty Nigel, then? I've not uh, heard of Nasty Nigel. I remember Nasty Nick. Wasn't he like a big brother Nasty character? Nasty Nick was big brother. Yeah. Nasty um, Nick is what you get from that ball shaver, <laughs> by the sounds of it. So, well, this might have been a bit later, because the first one was... Pop Stars was 2001. It was Nigel Lithgow was Nasty Nigel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Pop Stars The Rivals. So that's when Girls Aloud and One True Voice were created. So that's 2002. That's when this tape must be about. Okay. Here's a little uh, radio advert now. Prepaying mobile phones. Phones in boxes, you know, the kind of thing. They sell them everywhere these days. No need to visit a specialist like the Carphone Warehouse to get one. I mean, it's not as if the Carphone Warehouse offers the lowest price promise or anything. It's not as if they stock prepay phones on all four networks. It's not as if they give you impartial advice on which one's best for you. I mean, I have to say, the Carphone Warehouse are not mm-hmm. coming out well, are they? Not no. coming out well at all. I don't know. And who is that Carol Vorderman? Oh, I don't know. But they're not coming out well. I mean, I don't know who this is an advert for, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to finally it being revealed. But I have to say, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking at this point, I mean, the Carform Warehouse could sue because this is just it's so anti-Carform Warehouse. But Ellie, mm-hmm. let me tell you something. Oh, there's a twist coming, my friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think you'd expect this. On all four networks, it's not as if they give you impartial advice on which one's best for you. Well, actually, yes, they do. Oh! <gasps> turns out, Ellie, oh. you'd never have thought. It, it turns out it was actually an advert for the Carphone Warehouse all along. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Who'd have seen that twist coming? <laughs> <laughs> the next clip is... Now, obviously, you've heard me a number of times on the podcast doing impressions of John Peel. Yeah. I've obviously been doing John Peel impressions for quite some time because this is uh, a John Peel impression from when I was a teenager now and I've decided to ring up Radio 1 I've decided to ring up Dave Pierce, and uh, I've decided to uh, leave a little message to try and get a a request uh, played on the radio, but as John Peel, because, of course, John Peel would naturally, you know, he's got got a show on at 10pm, so he'd naturally ring up Dave Pierce at 7 and request a song three hours earlier before he, (laughs) when he could just play it himself on the radio. So here we go. What a wonderful prank this is. (laughs) Uh, so John Peel here. Hi, Dave. Uh, good mate of mine, aren't you? Okay, um, sorry to bother you. Um, perhaps you could play me a record to cheer me up. Um, thinking of a great one by the Wibbly Wobbly Weasels from the um, tenacious, trumpeting Tyrannosaurus Rexus, if that's possible. Thanks a lot, Dave. Uh, what do I do now? Do I um, press one? Let's have a go at this. No, do I press two? Maybe three? Maybe four? Maybe five? Right, that's it. Don't forget to listen to my show on Radio 1 Monday to Thursday, 6 to 8. You might hear you. Radio so. <laughs> there we are. Quality prank. I don't know whether that ever got played on Radio 1, but it did get played 15 <laughs> years Eagle later podcast. here on the David Eagle Podcast. <laughs> We're back to Trevor Bickles again to find out who his celebrity is. Comedian and taxi driver Trevor Bickles. I've been quite lucky in my cab. I've had a few celebrities in the cab. Um, but this was one I didn't actually knew, know I had until the end, mm. right? 
I was at, uh, once again, the reason I give the geography of where it is, because it gives kind of the length of journey that I've taken, it might help the listeners, but I was in St Pancras in the north. Well, we're going to have interactive maps up as well, we such as the budget of the podcast, so the listeners will be able to follow <laughs> along with an animated taxi uh, cab as well, and all the characters will be animated. You know That's why I mean? we didn't give you the fanfare, because all the budget's gone on the animation. <laughs> anyway, you're north of St Pancras, did you say? Well, I'm in the north. I'm in North London. Yeah. At a station, two gentlemen get in of the clergy with their robes on. Mm-hmm. They were all dressed. Well, they went, they're dressed like priests. So I thought, okay. And they went uh, Lambeth Palace, please. So I went, okay. So we drive through London. We've hit a bit of traffic, as you do. It's London. We start getting close to Lambeth Palace, and I said, you know, sorry about to take a bit of a detour. And I said, oh, not a problem. We could see what you're doing. Um, he said, oh, have you driven into Lambeth Palace? I said, mm-hmm. no. He said, right, okay. Um, well, when we get to the roundabout, follow my directions and we'll get you into the palace. I was like, oh. okay. So we're driving along. He directs me in. We go through these. He makes, a, he makes a quick phone call. These big gates open up and I'm now driving into Lambeth Palace. So we drive around into the palace to the front gates. I help them out with their bags, their pain. Uh, this, isn't the, this isn't the point where they go, by the way, we haven't got any money. See you later. And the gates close They do a runner. Lulled into a full sense of security with the robes and the palace. <laughs> they go they go and say, be back in a minute, mate, and just shut the door. That's what they do. <laughs> they say, but, um, to be honest, I'm only there because I want to fuck someone. <laughs> <laughs> We're helping out the bags. And he starts telling us about the history of the place. And I like stuff like that. I like, I'm interested in all stuff like that. So I'm like, okay. So I'm listening to it, listening to it. And he just said, oh, well, uh, thank you very much and I'll speak to you later just get yourself out follow the directions out it's okay it rang in my mind a bit I thought who was that I, you know I just lived, I just dropped something in Lambeth Palace who, who was that so I googled who lives at Lambeth Palace and do you know who lives at Lambeth Palace but the Archbishop of Canterbury or something it's the Archbishop of Canterbury Justin Welby wow and I, and I'd had the Archbishop of Canterbury oh. Justin Welby in my cab oh brilliant but the thing is I didn't I knew the name I'd yeah. heard the name from the telly, you know, from the telly, you hear the name. But when I Googled it and I looked at the picture, I went, that's him. Yeah. That's him. And uh, yeah, so I'd had the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Wilby, in my cab. And the thing is, you know that whole thing, if you never guess who you've had in my cab, the Archbishop of Canterbury is almost a one that you could imagine someone just saying as a sarcastic thing. You know, like if someone, if a Cockney taxi driver went, you are unbelievable, I've had in my cab, you go, well, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Oh, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> I've yeah, it's so funny you say that, Dave, because we sometimes we go to uh, we go visit friends in Suffolk, and there's a church nearby where we got married. And every now and then we always pop back to say hello to the vicar because he's he's a lovely guy and he's he's always he's done well by us. And that exact thing happened because my wife's gone gone to him. Oh, you never guess who Trevor's had in his cabin? Oh, what the Archbishop of Canterbury? And I went, yeah. And he went, <laughs> his face dropped, and he was like, what? I was like, yeah. Well, I have stood very close to the Archbishop of Canterbury. Um, We never spoke, but the reason for it is because we were asked to perform, my band were asked to perform at the the Magna Carta celebrations in Runnymede. And um, and the Queen was there, which is quite odd for a folk band who sing songs about anti-establishment, songs of equality. You know, and we were asked to, th- we were there just to placate the kind of thing, so it doesn't look all hoity-toity. It's like I'll just get a folk band in there, let <laughs> <laughs> them sing their songs of rebellion when everyone else is buggered off. Because by that point, everyone had gone. By the time we were singing, we were essentially singing to the, the remnants of the, everything was being like discarded around us. The place was being pulled down. We were just singing to the men. <laughs> We were just singing to the members of the St. John's Ambulance. The Queen had buggered off ages ago. <laughs> but, but anyway, so it was very much, I think, a token gesture to get the folk band in. But yeah. we were, had to arrive, despite that, at like 9am on the dot, or, or even 8am on the dot, to make sure that we were in there. And we obviously had to do the security checks. But the guy in front of us was the Archbishop of Canterbury, the very oh, same, Justin Welby. He uh, he was going on about some bloke, actually, who'd, who was driven him. He said, oh, he's a bloody terrible time. <laughs> Driver, <laughs> oh, it's geezer. The other day, he went all over the place. He did. He's, He's trying to take me the long route. Anyway, some story about some dying old woman in Canary <laughs> Walk. I told him to shut up, mate. I said you can't use up. language like that in front of a bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Save that for a podcast. Anyway, so the people have to do are doing their security checks. They're like they're frisking him. In fairness, it's quite good that they're doing it for everybody. You know, even yeah. the bishop. But he, they then said to him, do you have anything metal on you, sir? And, he's like, and he points to his massive crucifix dangling from his neck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a priest, not a rapper, you know. <laughs> so, 
Trevor, well, before we uh, go, we should, because obviously every book has got a podcast these days, so uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Trevor Bickles has got a podcast, which is you interview people in the, who are in the back of your cab, don't you? Yeah, basically, it's predominantly a YouTube-based channel, but mm. it, we, do, we are now on Podbean and Spotify. It's called The Real Taxi Show. Always put show at the end for some reason. It doesn't pop up otherwise, but The Real Taxi Show. If, if any of you's... Any of your listeners have, may have seen the, the online show Fake Taxi. Right. Um, I'm sure Dave has. Now, I'm not uh, aware of this, but I've right. heard. But I've only heard of it because now I know the comparisons from the real taxi driver. Exactly. Uh, real taxi Dave's show. got the Braille version of Real so, Taxi. So Fake <laughs> Taxi is some kind of porn thing or something, is it? Yeah, basically. <laughs> if you, but I've done the clean version of it. Right. right. And it's filmed exactly the same way, but it's the clean version. And it's at the minute, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm meeting uh, comedians, be it up and coming or established comedians, where we chat a little bit, bit about I, them. I believe there's a lot of up and coming in the other version, but the non clean version as well. But... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. See, this is why Dave's brilliant at comedy. Right? <laughs> Go and see Dave. Oh, is right? there a, hang on, is there a dog? Um, <laughs> a dog's in the center of the room, Trevor. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so basically, we interview comedians in the back of the cab in the first part which is about 15 minutes and we play a fun quiz in the middle called how much is that celebrity on cameo and then we finish off by asking comedians about their craziest or worst gig experience it lasts about half hour it's a great it's really good fun the real taxi taxi show well thank you very much for chatting to us thank you for having me mate i really enjoyed it i better let you get on because the passengers will be uh wondering where you are that archbishop will be like i can't drive myself (laughs) (laughs) one of my great grandfathers was an archbishop of canterbury I knew that, and mm. I thought, oh, this links perfectly into Ellie telling us the story about one of her great-grandfathers mm. being the Archbishop. But uh, I don't know whether we're, you're going to have the energy to tell it today. So why don't we tease the listeners yeah. with an Archbishop story next week? Okay. Well, done, Ellie. I think you've petered out now, haven't you? Have we petered in. We're petering out. So thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. It's been very different because we've not, as we say, Ellie and I have barely had a conversation with each other over the last few days. We've not had any real contact with any with each other or anything like that. We've been isolated at separate parts of the house. So this is kind of the most we've talked. Thanks for all the get well soon messages that people have sent to both of us. That's very nice. We'll hopefully be back next week, fully restored, taste and smell restored, herbal tea of the week's back, and we'll be in the same room, and we'll have a lot more energy as well. But uh, thank you very much for listening. Cheers. And part of me is curious to see how long we can go before Ellie just passes out. We're not far off, mate. (laughs) Okay, well, let's leave it there then. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. From me, David Eagle. And me, Ellie Skinner. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye now. Right, Ellie, so you're going to have to back away from the microphone because I can't leave this room until no. you've vacated the premises. Goodbye, Ellie. Bye. I still love you. <coughs> I think she pretended not to hear there, listeners. Right, don't trip over the Yeah, she's pretending not to hear. Shall I say it again? Oh, you're getting a moment here. Unrequited love. I, I still love you, Ellie. Love you. Good to know. <laughs> She's not responding, is she? Love you. <laughs> but did she really mean it, listeners? What do you think? Does that sound real to you? I don't know. I think she's enjoyed this time away. I don't even think she's got COVID. I think it's just an excuse to stay away. 